Welcome to Passion Through Polaroids, another fun sleepy episode. Today we're going to be doing a new section called Emotion Lift, where we take the paintbrush that is our words, the emulsion that is our emotions, take that paintbrush, try to use patience while lifting it off onto another subject, hopefully gaining a new understanding and a new perspective on the matter. Today we'll be talking about patience, procrastination, confusing the two, and the passion that can fuel your productivity, and any other words that you can think of that begin with P. Pterodactyl. Natalie, should we procrastinate this episode some more? We could. Or we could just maybe do a couple emulsion lifts instead. So we've each taken our own photo. And we're about to do our lifts. Starting our lifts, we definitely have already cut off the edges. If you've never done a lift before, we definitely recommend trimming off just a little bit of the white frame or whatever color frame it might be. Everywhere except the top. Leave the top intact, but trim just a little bit of white off the left and the right and the bottom. Alex is mostly going to talk about emotions. I may come back and talk about Polaroids. To take the photo off the transparency, just gonna lift the backing where the black side of the photo is and gently peel it away from the front side. I read a tip that said curling it helps get some of the white stucco off. <laughs> Ooh. It seems to be working pretty well. I mean, from the other lifts I've done, I usually have all of the white stucco sticking to mine. This reminds me of taking vinyl stickers off of the wall. <laughs> Alex had a lot of patience in helping me with that recently. Okay, got it off to the top. Oh, thank you, cutting, cutting off my transparency from the backing. So we just transferred ours off. Alex's definitely has a bit more of the white on the back of his transparency, but I used a curling method just now to pull it off. And when did you take your photo, Alex? Mm, like two hours ago? Nope. And I did mine about an hour ago. Some folks will say the fresher it is, the better. Um, some say, like, you know, the fresher the better, but it kind of really doesn't matter. So we figured we'd do ours an hour apart to see if there's much of a difference. We definitely have one little bit. Three, two, one, cold plunge. And now we'll need to let them sit for about five minutes before we really start anything. So I guess this is the first opportunity for you to practice patience. Not too much patience, though. You don't want to procrastinate and forget about it until tomorrow. So what can we do to make sure you don't forget about it? And that, I mean, I feel like once you kind of start. Is that a timer? Start, okay, well, what can you do to not procrastinate? We've had a lot of thoughts about patience. It's been a, a long topic of conversation in our house lately. Well, what causes you to procrastinate, Alex? Uh, Fear. Fear of judgment from others, fear of judgment from myself. I feel like it's not really so much a fear of failing, but a fear of being seen failing. And that usually just causes procrastination. I'd rather go do the dishes and make some beans instead of doing this passion through Polaroids thing. I'm busy today. I have chores. You know, I gotta pay the bills. Well then, how do you get over it? Or do you just procrastinate until... You're like, oh, I'll get better at it one day. And then you just procrastinate getting better at not procrastinating. Like immediate action or something? 
I guess you were just talking about procrastinating and being fearful of it. And I think it's kind of important for our audience to see that like right now, as we're trying to record this, that like all of these ideas that you had and that you wanted to say on it, I almost feel like maybe it's that fear of failure. I'm going to procrastinate my words and the things I wanted to say because I'm afraid of failing in front of a larger audience. Kind of like self-sabotage. I definitely tend to procrastinate a bunch of work things that maybe I just don't like doing. I guess things that cause stress. I think your thing is always the best way to conquer fear is immediate action. And I feel like that's kind of your philosophy in the morning. And then with like things that get right off track or like right onto track. I tend to procrastinate things in which I have to be vulnerable repeatedly. I just know how much energy it's going to take. And then to recharge that energy just really sucks. Maybe other people feel that way too. And when you're doing something like a podcast as an example, where you do have to be vulnerable, like you're not always rewarded for that vulnerability. Like you're not always reinforced right away. Like there are just like a lot of steps that come in between that make you wonder if it's worth still going. You realize in the end, nobody cares when you put out that super long video or that awesome song or that thing that you procrastinated for a year and you hit post, you're like, I did it! Oh my God, I did it! And then you realize nobody fucking cares (laughs) in the best way. But that allows you to do it again because when you realize after you do that super vulnerable post and you get 20 likes on it and you realize that it's not the end of the world or it's not an all-encompassing thing and then it's just like a tiny, tiny baby stepper breath in your creativity and you just have to keep going and each thing is not a huge epic. Like it can be used as a tool. That was me when I first started Passion and doing like the super vulnerable posts and doing that and Once I hit post, and I was like, and then there's just some hearts on it. And like, (laughs) it's like, oh, I can go on here and say and do whatever the fuck I want. You can pretty much do whatever creatively you want. Just make sure to blur out your nipples and to realize that people don't really care in the best way. And people do care in the best way. Most people who do care and enjoy your work are probably not going to comment on it. They might not even like it. You could have people that follow you and see your shit every single day, and they love it, and they consume it, and they share it with others, but they don't like it, and they don't comment on it, and they don't tell you about it. And that's okay, because the point is not to have validation, which is nice, it's good fuel, but that's not the point of it. The point is do it because you know it's right, and that it helps you grow as a person that aligns with your values. Well, at the same time, it's for others, but it's to be of service of others. And regardless if they use it now, never, 10 years from now, or tomorrow, you just keep fucking doing it. And you just keep taking the shots. That is just very different perspective. I mean, that makes sense why you would naturally talk about, like, a wider audience. For me, the vulnerability in recording podcast episodes and putting things out is, like, recording with you and going through the creative effort with you. To be vulnerable with you in that way and to know that you are also going through your vulnerabilities and to manage that at the same time. You're a teacher. You got it. I do, but you kind of know that's exhausting, like... I, I had said to be yes for so many people. You said yes. I did, but that doesn't mean that it's not tiring or that it's not hard. It can be challenging. Sounds to... like you need to 
practice some patience. And you know, I was thinking about how practicing patience, we were talking about your pleasure delaying and how like this fucking guy will get a fucking donut. A beautiful <laughs> donut, mind you. I love donuts. They are one of my favorites. And we'll go to California Donuts and it will be Alex's idea. Yeah, let's go. Let's go get a donut. Let's be bad. Let's go get one. We'll get one. He'll get the most beautiful thing. I'll eat mine within like the first 10 minutes of being home. And he'll just let it sit there. And he's like, I just want to wait. And then the next morning, like, no, I'm okay. I just wanted to be able to say no to it. Which is like, oh, cool. Like, great empowerment. That's really cool of you. But then I'm just like, that donut would have been really good last night. (laughs) (laughs) But like you and your pleasure delaying. But I get that it's, it is really a way of practicing patience. And I feel really silly that it's just now in my life that I'm realizing the phrase practice patience really actually makes sense. You can't practice patience when something really bad happens and you have to be patient. That's like the test, (laughs) the test of your patience. So you can't just wait for moments of testing your patience to then use your patience. Like if you're actually practicing it beforehand, when that emergency situation comes up, you're better prepared. A lot of people have that though where don't you have something in your life where you think you need it really badly or know you need it really badly and then you get it and maybe you forget to use it right away or you went on to something else you're like oh wait maybe a coffee for instance where you're like oh I really really need my Starbucks this morning blah blah and you get it and something just distracts you you set it down on your desk you go somewhere else and it's almost more rewarding and more powerful long term to be able to say no to it every once in a while. I have done that for a very long time. Do you think it's helped you exercise patience when you really need it? In a moment where you just have to be patient whether you like it or not? It helps with it because then it's a familiar feeling. You're like, oh, if I can do this voluntarily, then <laughs> it's like I can do it a little easier on command where I've done it, volu- where I've practiced it, practicing patience with pleasure delaying because you know you're still going to get it. Like, I can say yes if I want to. I don't have to say yes. I can have one bite at midnight. I can have it at 2 a.m. I can have it tomorrow morning. Or if I just want to say no, it's like either way, all of those options are more powerful and more rewarding than the sugary, doughy bite of yeast and flour that's deep fried. You don't gotta, you don't gotta talk yeah, bad about I the mean, donuts. Might, They're not here to defend themselves. It might jazz some of you up, but in that case, use it as fuel if it jazzes you up then use it as a reward and use it as that pleasure delay because if you really love it and if it pleasures you that much use it as fuel for something that you don't like to do because we all have shit that we fucking hate doing but we also have shit that we love to do and so if you take that shit that you love to do that you would work for that you would sacrifice a lot for use that energy to do that thing that you don't like to do if you want to go and grab that donut but you fucking hate the dishes i'm gonna do the dishes but as soon as i'm done i'm gonna go and get that donut just like setting up rewards for yourself setting up rewards for yourself or just fucking eat the donut while you're doing the dishes just lick the dawn and the donut off your fingers (laughs) (laughs) well what about having patient like where is the balance in working on your passion and growing your passion while also balancing your work life because I feel like waking up early or then you already do that is the only answer I feel like that you is personal <laughs> no because you're not going to find time in the day anywhere to do anything creatively you're not going to find it after lunch you're not going to find it after breakfast you're not going to find it before dinner you're not going to find it after dinner 
because after all those things, you're going to have less energy than when you woke up, less willpower, less decision-making, and you will find an excuse not to do that frivolous, creative, childlike thing that you're passionate about that's just for you. You'll make a million excuses to not do it for others, for your work, for your friends. You'll make all the excuses after you wake up and after your morning, but if you do it right away, that thing that you love to do, that thing that you say that you're so passionate about that you want to make sacrifices for, just wake up 10 minutes earlier and do it for 10 minutes. I've been carving time out to start playing guitar again every day, and some days it's 30 minutes, some days it's 5 minutes, but to carve out that little bit of time and to do it every day, that builds repetition, builds muscle, and that builds habit, and you'll find your inner artist child smiling back at you and you'll feel just a little giddy and the rest of your day you'll feel that difference if you don't believe me just try it once and see if you notice the difference in the rest of your day just wake up 15 minutes early if you like to knit if you like to play basketball if you like to if you like to whittle wood Whatever it is that you like to do, just oh wake God. up. Like, I just think until, like, when you were going to work early and I started to do that with you waking up, and then my thing was, I would, oh, God, I was bad at waking up for work. I would wake up and rush and get ready and be out the door super fast and really late to work. And then when you started to go to work early, I was waking up with you and kind of just being lazy, which was nice. I made time to work on puzzles in the morning or color in a coloring book. I think that's one thing I really love about puzzles in particular, like unless you're like you're a person who does like glue them and put them together, which if that's your thing, that's awesome. Outside of that, if you don't, you're going to put the puzzle together and then destroy it. Really, it's going to go back in a box, perhaps. I think that's a good play like aspect of it is you're putting something together or making something for the sheer sake of just doing it. Non-attachment. Right. Not like, oh, I'm going to put this together and frame it and go put it on the collection on the wall, which again, if that's your thing, that's totally cool. Just talking about not At being Puzzles attached. by Maria on Instagram. <laughs> that was in some show. They had a bar. They were going to call it Puzzles. Is that how I met your mother? Yes. Why was it Puzzles? Oh, because why is it Puzzles? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the puzzle. Did you notice any difference in your day when you would do a puzzle or color? I feel like, well, I don't know. That time period in my life, I feel you like don't know. Things... Okay, that was Hey, answer. that's rude. Be patient. <laughs> wait for my answer. Patience. I feel like that point in our lives, a lot of positive changes were going on. That's about the time when we started recording this podcast too, like 2019. I think a lot of healthy changes were going on at that time that made me feel better in the day. And part of that was the morning routine. So can I say it was exactly puzzles? I don't know. (laughs) But I can say the point of waking up earlier and getting just a few things done that actually didn't matter really seem to make a difference like it's a noticeable mark in the timeline of my life is there like a set number of times that would make sense for a person to be exploring their passion like weekly monthly daily in order to consider it a passion everything is daily repetition is the mother of all skill every single day it just builds a habit it builds a muscle if you have a passion or passions because we're human beings and we all have hundreds of things that we like to do whatever it is that you that you like to do if it's cooking or playing with your pets 
write it down. Like, write down those 20, 30, 40 things that you absolutely love to do. Do them every single day. Like, you'll find time each day where you want to look at your phone or something. Look at that list instead. Oh, hey, what's something that I can do that I really love that I wrote down on this list that I've confirmed to myself that I love doing that I don't really do? And take five minutes to do it, no matter how silly it might seem. If we wrote down coloring, playing guitar, and putting together puzzles, and we haven't done those things in years, what I would do is I would take my guitar out of the case, only for a little bit because you don't want it to collect dust or be exposed to humidity, maybe just take the guitar pick out of the case and put it in a very obvious and precarious place where I'd have to lift it off of it and keep touching it and then I'd be forced to want to go and play that guitar for 10 minutes and leave a coloring book open somewhere in your house at the same time if you like a puzzle just take that puzzle and just boof, dedicate a table oh no 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 to the puzzle the I was just trying to move it around with the you control the, the lift the oh. lift does not control you it's not gonna kill you I know you'll be tired wake up 20 minutes early tomorrow 10 minutes earlier tomorrow to do one creative thing for yourself. If you love writing a poem, maybe you haven't made yourself a French press coffee in a while and you love to do that, or if there's a breakfast for yourself that you love making, whatever it might be. Oh, I don't usually do this type of makeup in the morning because it takes forever. Just that one little thing for you, you'll notice a difference in your day. Promise, I promise, just try it. Don't confuse patience with procrastination. It is so easy in our lives to procrastinate something and to call it patience. I guess I'm just trying to think of more examples of that. Of procrastinating something and calling it patience? Yeah. Not writing that fucking screenplay, not writing that book, not writing that anything and calling it writer's block. Instead of just sitting down and resting on the page and showing up to your page and just writing down Every single day, I don't want to write a screenplay. I don't want to write this. I don't, and eventually your thoughts will turn into something else and you'll start to write a screenplay. And so that would be, for me, an example of procrastination and calling it patience, where if you're a writer, you need to write every day. You can't not be writing and calling it writer's block. You need to then write about your writer's block. Same thing with an artist. If you're an artist who is saying that, oh, the, the world now in art culture is just so corporate and I just really can't handle the pretentious atmosphere of, if that's the case, you need to take that and make art about that. Otherwise, you're just simply procrastinating and putting yourself in a victim state of saying, oh, I used to make art, but the art world is just so blasé now and uh to make a fucking cool piece of art that really shows it for what it is and people will love and respect and admire it or they won't care. But either way, you made it and you put it out there instead of just telling everybody in your whole life that you woulda, coulda, shoulda and made an excuse about something and procrastinated something and just talked about it more than you than you do it. I have to keep in mind that when, or I believe when you're saying some of these things that you're speaking with conviction as if you would speak to yourself. 100%. Okay. Who else am I talking to? Do we have listeners? Well, <laughs> I have to remind myself that because for, I mean, I'm sure maybe listeners are very cool. Like they listen, they know you, like they get you. And sometimes it's hard you for me. You don't know me. Sometimes it's hard for me because then when I hear it, I don't talk to myself that way. So like it hurts. I'm pretty mean to myself. 
So that's why I'm like, it kind of hurts when I hear it. I'm just like, not, not, I mean, it is a good kick in the, kick in the pants, I suppose. Oh, this is 100% just my truth. This is the only, the only way that I know how to speak. And this is the conviction that I have that comes from my experience and my adversities in life. And this is the voice that I have. And this is the voice that I'm given. And this is my heart and all of me. So when I say these things, yeah, it really is like I'm talking to myself, but that's that's how I express myself sometimes. It's, uh, for me, those things are fun in almost a, not a masochistic way, but just a, a yogic way of that pain and purifying yourself when you're able to show yourself that you do have that patience and that you are able to do those things. It's just so rewarding, just like doing a plank or doing push-ups or sit-ups when you start out and you just start off doing five. Before you know it, you're able to do 10, 20, 50, 100. And that 10, 20, 50, 100 reps that you're now doing, it feels just as tough as the first five that you did. It never gets any easier. We just get stronger. So don't procrastinate your push-ups. Also, I think, uh, in my experience, micro goals have really helped with procrastination. If you failed at something, your goal was too big. You didn't break your, you didn't break the goal down enough. You can't just go and say, I'm going to build a house. It's just, it's, it's too big. It's, it's daunting. You have to go and say, oh, I'm going to excavate a site. I'm going to go look at plots of land today. I'm going to look at zoning permits and build, and it's just those little baby steps, one thing at a time that you need to focus on. Well, the grandiose goal is to build the house. You can't focus on building the house. You have to focus on the electric permits and make sure that the plumbing is working and all those little things and their daily tasks that just break down. And then at the end, you built a house. You're just talking about like smart goals, like setting small mini goals. Super small micro goals. And when you fail at a goal, whatever you failed at, break it down. Break it down into five other pieces. Then if you fail at that, break it down because then you'll be able to succeed at all those tiny, tiny pieces that will equal that one big piece. I like this kind of runner's reference here. Instead of overstriding, you're just making more rotations. So just, yeah, more steps. Yep, more steps, not longer strides. People just try to just jump from point A to point B. Take four or five steps, little, and that is a it's a lot lot better way to get there, and you can enjoy the view at the same time. Do you feel like you did that recent in the near recent history? Like you took on too much, and that caused you to procrastinate the rest of it? Um, um, I guess I ask because we're giving a lot of examples. I feel like talking about like other people, which is easy to do, but like relating it to things that have happened for us personally. I wasn't talking about other people, just hypotheticals, but yeah. I mean, could be something. It could be somebody else. If one of those stories was you, DM us. Right, like it could very well resonate with somebody else. Like, oh, like that's my story. Mm. So I'm wondering what your story is, Alex, in terms of that. I feel like my biggest, I would call failure or goal that I set too big is my my perfectionism state of mind when it comes to my creativity through, especially through sobriety, has been a very big goal-setting lesson in the last 480 days. What are some things you do to help you practice patience? Meditate. In the morning? Multiple times a day if you can. I also like to practice red light meditation, which is something you can do even if you have not meditated. 
when you approach a red light, instead of doing the usual thing we all do when we get to a red light, I will allow my eyes to go very lazy and cross-eyed, just enough to where I can still observe the red hue that is in the traffic light so that when it turns green, I can still go. For those moments, instead of really scrutinizing surroundings, looking at other vehicles, looking at other people in cars, wondering about something else, when I just allow my eyes to very lazily just kind of go cross-eyed, you just end up seeing a red hue instead of everything around you. Just taking those tiny little moments in the day to do that has really helped with perspective and it's just a reset and a refresher uh, in those little moments and you don't even realize how much you needed it or how beneficial it is and I used to think of it as a almost a sleepy feeling where I didn't like it and just because I was so used to all the bullshit going through my brain all the time and having it being on hyperspeed that I didn't know what calm felt like hmm. and there's something about it to where I disappeared and I was not at that intersection I transcended my body and my mind in that state, you kind of feel like you stole something, like you were doing something wrong or bad, but you, cause you feel so good after like that, that transcendence that you've had. So if you feel like closing your eyes and just waiting for a honk behind you, you'll get that. Like when it turns green, someone behind you will honk. Unless you live in the country and nobody's behind you, then you might just sit there for a long time. But either way, it'll benefit you. If you come up to the next red light, just go cross-eyed so you can see the, the red of it. And when it turns green, you can go, but just during that time when it's cross-eyed and you just sit there, Just breathe. And you're just enjoying that hue of color and that light. Maybe it reminds you, I like to think it reminds me of a rose. Maybe you can smell flowers outside of your vehicle. Honk! Oh, gotta go! <laughs> but for that 10 seconds, you got to enjoy something and you got to take a little slice of something that you, uh, that you didn't know was there before. And then it's all just from you know, just taking 10 seconds out of your day for you. I don't know if that's practicing patience, because you have to be at the red light anyways, but it's a way of taking that time and using it as an opportunity for something else. That's well said. Utilizing it as an opportunity, you're right. Like, you're going to have to be patient with it no matter what, but you can choose to make more out of it. Yeah, I do the same thing in the grocery store, because other than passion through Polaroids, I do Instacart for a hustle so that mm -hmm. we can record these and have internet. In the grocery store, I will usually do stretches because I run a lot too with Koreatown Run Club. And I'll take that time instead of looking around and now oh, there's people and this lady's taking forever and she forgot her card and oh, they gotta go put that back. I'm just doing stretches. And sometimes if there's an interesting magazine, I'll read the magazine too. They have lots of cat puzzles, dog word finds, or just close my eyes too. And I can hear all the beeps and the sounds and the people, and I'm gone. Once again, transcending. Transcending the store. You're not there. You're in a different place. You're doing you. Get in touch with your true self. Then all of a sudden, it's your turn. And you weren't waiting, but you were seizing that moment. And you were practicing patience. And that patience at the same time is also self-care which then bleeds onto the rest of your day and inevitably onto others and the relationships that you have. But as Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Einstein said that? Einstein said that. That's what I said. This has been the very first episode of Passion Through Polaroids presents Emotion Lift featuring your host, Natalie 
guest Gilbertson. <laughs> Natalie's fine. <laughs> Natalie, <laughs> Miss Natalie, and me, Alex Gilbertson. Mr. Gilbertson. Mr. Gilbertson. Mr. Alex. No, we learned that in Korean culture, you don't say the someone's last name, right? Like, you don't just say the last name? That is correct. You are in Korea. You do not call somebody just by their last name. It is very disrespectful. So if you are to use somebody's name in Korean, use either their first and last name or only their first name. If you're ever in Korea. This has been, so yes, this has been Alex and Natalie. Thank you for listening to our first episode, the next installment of Passion Through Polaroids Presents Emotion Lift will be on the topic of adversity. And other things that begin with A. And other things that begin with A. Adversity, association, how we associate things to ourselves, and maybe even ambition, anguish, awesomeness. This sounds alluring. Mmm. Awesome. <laughs> this has been Passion Through Polaroids. Thank you to each and every one of our listeners who take the time out of their day to listen to us. We hope that we do nothing but bring you value. We are happy to be of service to you and hope that we positively impact your creativity in one way or another. This is Alex, signing off. <laughs>